0: Put down your paintbrush. It's time for Hobby Support Group.
1: Afternoon, Andy.
0: Hey, Tom. What's happening? Uh, Not too much today. How about yourself? I was finishing my uh, Blood Bowl team, my Underworld Creepers, last night. I I think I mentioned previously that I I did the goblins and the troll. Well, now I've done the Skaven.
1: So is, is that the whole team finished?
0: Yep, 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 definitely finished. Um, I guess I should put some numbers on their backs so I can differentiate one from the other, but um, they're as good as done, basically.
1: Uh, shall we use that as a jumping-off point then into uh, what we've been up to in the hobby since we recorded episode three, which was yeah. only a week
0: ago? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think if I recall correctly, I made a... a... A blood oath pack to swore to you that I was gonna really, really crack on of my abyssal dwarfs. Yes, so you'd be really pleased to know that I have since then painted uh, a nice unit of English Civil War pikemen, English Civil War firelocks, um, uh, a Panzer III, and uh, this Blood Bowl team. But the abyssal dwarfs, I'm afraid, have seen no love,
1: but you know, perhaps they perhaps they are forming, you know performing a, a function of actually making you paint all the other stuff before you get to them.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Right. I really, I do. I genuinely do want to paint them and get on with it, but it's just, um, as I I, I, I paint what I like, what I want to paint. So I kind of look in my cupboard and go, Oh, what I want to do. So, um, the pans of I did, the late war pans of four, uh, and I know I can knock a tank out in, um, in an evening. And that was super easy. I could be watching a film with the wife and, um, have something on the TVs so that a tank's really easy and the blood bowl players. I know it was a little project. Um I think I'm the only person who's not binge binge watching the crown at the moment. Uh, but my wife is, so she was watching that. So I just got on and painted the game while she was watching uh, all that on the, on Netflix and the English civil war stuff, I just need to get it done. I mean, I've got so much to paint and it's um almost a bit of a joke now, just, how much English Civil War I've still got left to paint, like four units of firelocks, two units of cavalry, and a cannon still to go. But I think, you know, with patience, I might get it finished by next year. Well, certainly in next year, but maybe before Christmas.
1: You're definitely sort of making progress. I think now you've only got like that handful of units to do. Yeah. It's much better than going, oh, I'm not even past the halfway point. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm a little bit scared of the horses, Tom.
1: I would paint them all. What I would, how many units have you got?
0: Two units. So I have uh, 24 horses to paint. I would do them all brown or chestnut. I
1: I would definitely break out the wet palette and do them all in one go and just blend various different browns just to give them different colors. Just, yeah. And do them in a great big. I did, uh, like, my go to way, obviously, no painting sage, but my way of going to doing like a lot of cavalry is to use a really big brush and just constantly change the colours of the paint a little bit, you know, just adding a bit more white, a bit more black, and just keep blending different colours. So none of them are exactly the same colour. Yeah. And they're all just sliding and then do all the harness and pads and all that sort of stuff. Sort of in nature, you know, certain coat colours always have a corresponding tail and mane and all that sort of stuff and then there's all like specific types of breeze and socks and all that sort of stuff but unless you are a horse person you're just not going to know it's the same as if you're looking at a Napoleonic oh that guy's in an 1812 sacco not an 1815 to 99% of people just doesn't matter so there's there's no point worrying
0: about it I can't believe you haven't modelled the refined buttons on the athletics of that that's Peninsula War uh, yeah, I mean, for for Robert Devereux, who was on a horse, or uh, I have done one horse already, I just went and found a picture, I typed in chestnut mare, looked up images, and I just painted it the same as the horse I found there. So, I mean, I think this is a good painting tip, or just for any kind of painting, is if, if you are working on something from nature, just go and have a look at what it actually looks like, and not what you imagine it looks like in your head, and then just copy that there. Yeah, on
1: my horse side, I had the most fun uh, painting the Dragoon horses Mm -hmm. because of everything I read said the Dragoons always had um, the horses which were sort of, like, least desirable. So, I figured when you've got models that are all the same, you can't sort of make them look sort of the thinnest or the most mangy or moth-eared. So, I just sort of did them, like, horrible, washed-out blue and whites and sort of brown and whites and, like, all the most... We've poking on colours that you could sort of think of.
0: Oh, for horses. These poor horses give a touch of mange. <laughs> poor poor horse flesh. Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, certain certain army lists in the pike and shot rule book, the horses aren't as good, are they? That's, that's, that's something you can factor into the game as well. I think if I if I've got two units of horses horse, I'm gonna know It's not going to be that difficult to keep track of, you know, if one is worse than the other.
1: I haven't looked at the rules for a while, but I think most cavalry, really, you just give it if they've got Gallop a rule or not. um, Mm -hmm. I think which just makes them a little bit sort of headstrong and a little bit harder to control and more likely to follow Prince Rupert Rupert, off in a jolly to charge someone.
0: I'm sure that can't cause any kind of trouble in any kind of battle.
1: No, it doesn't, like, lose them nearly every battle. yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, but I am actually really looking forward to seeing them, uh, on the tabletop. Now I, I had some help. I put some, um, tufts of grass onto my fire and it made a real difference. I just flocked the other units, but when I put, I had actually had some help from, um, a, a, a young modeler who lives with me, William, he's six and he, um, he actually he actually helped with the snow bases I did for the Battle of the Bulge as well. He was very helpful with doing that um but he helped me um put the stick on some tufts onto the firelocks and I think because they're a unit of like browns and oranges and they're not too exciting, just putting a few extra tufts onto the bases just gave it an extra sort of level of detail a lot of um, more interest to the eye. I don't know if that makes how you no I think that definitely
1: makes more sense as, um I I think that definitely makes sense, and it's something I do. Um, a way I use of, of differentiating my squads um, is use different tufts. So sort of at, at at a glance, I know that squad have all got maybe a a bit of heather on their bases, and that squad have maybe all got a dandelion. Um, you know, when they're in sort of like a a, a carry tray. They might look a bit daft. You know, oh, why have all these stood next to a flower? But when they're on the table and spread about, it just makes you can, if they get mixed up in a unit, you I just say,
0: be, yeah, a really useful aid memoir, if you just know, I, um, I, I did something similar with my Americans for bolt action, but I I didn't know the glue was a bit weak on them. So I went to, when I went to the tournament with them, um, I looked down and every so often like, they just dropped off they're just rattling around at the it's like so by the end of the tournament, about half of the tufts are dropped off, so I, I always use a little bit of PVA, a little bit of super glue now to aid the the gluing to the base because they are sticky, but I think it's just a good idea to glue them down. they're expensive, those tufts don't lose them
1: no they are but also I think you know you get you know it might be an outlay of like twenty quid for several packets of them, yeah. but then they're going to do multiple armies yeah right, I think and.
0: Um, and i have got lots of them tom i buy i buy every time I buy four or five packs and i- ch- I check them all in the box because I think using several different types of tuft on a base that's more realistic like in nature you don't look out and go, ah oh. unless you're fighting in like a herb garden or something you're
1: on a bowling <laughs> green
0: they laid out all this like you know
1: now that's something a lot of um, sort of scale modelers and terrain people sort of do all the time is you know even if you're flocking a base, you don't just use one height of flock you know you might use two mil flock six mil flock ten mil flock you know you use all these different levels of flock just to give it a more realistic base
0: um i don't i don't know if i'd, I'd need to go that far but yeah i'd certainly yeah with the help of william we, we stuck loads of tufts on and, and i think it was a big improvement so i am probably going to go back to the models i've already done and put some more tufts on them because the, the others look a bit like they're fighting on a bowling green or a football pitch
1: this week I was going to be, after I'd finished the Romans, which I have got finished. Um, just now waiting for the rain to stop so I can hit them with some gloss varnish and then a matte clear coat because I don't want to risk. It's really, um, it's been chucking it down every day here recently mm-hmm. and I just don't want to risk varnishing them while it's still really humid. Yeah, and,
0: um, you don't to go on misty.
1: No. So we'll wait for a, a, a it, it doesn't matter if it's cold, but just a dry day and then I'll, I'll varnish them up. So I got the artillery guns out and started sort of sorting out the crew to go with those. Um, And so when I painted those up, I based them up. um, And sort of looking at them now, uh, I think the bases are 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 quite sparse. They they sort of need redoing. So I'm going to sort of put an extra layer of uh, basing material over the top of them. I think we sort of spoke about it last time, about yeah. redoing bases. And I've sort of been painting the crew up. Um, it's a real change, because I haven't painted uh, any 28mm models really for months. Because the project I'd been doing before the Romans, I did some 10mm dwarves for Warmaster. And before that, I'd done some 6mm uh, World War One Anzacs. So sort of going back to 28mm was in a way, quite a challenge, because I sort of thought, well, having to ke- worry about painting again and think, oh, you can't just blob things on, you actually need to be a bit more <laughs> precise and highlight things, um, took me a little bit of getting used to, um, but then sort of, after what, you know, it, it didn't take me long, so sort I of, getting to, and rather than jumping straight in with some sort of uh, Autumn Splinter Monster, I sort of just did some Field Grey, yeah, uh, Early War, Dudes, beforehand, and so sort of, I couldn't decide. Um, so sort of, I think I'd spoken before about how I'm just doing crew. I don't want to do a set of crew for each gun because then you know I don't need you know ASS crew and SS crew for each for an eighty-eight and eight here and eight thing yeah. and you know the same for everything. Um, so I just have been trying to make. Generic crew, which can go with each gun. Yep. But then I found uh, that didn't work with some oh. of the re- uh, with some of the early war stuff because you know the uniforms are slightly different. Yeah. And I also thought you're never going to have a late war bod with like a pack thirty six or like a sig thirty three early version, whatever it's called. I'm not really yep. that up on all the German gun names. um so I thought, right, I might as well make some specific crews for some of these guns, um, and then, talk, in a change of normal practice for me, I then glued the crew to the bases for those guns. All right, um, because they're never, they're not guns that I'm ever going to run in a competitive game. Yeah. Because I thought I'm never going to take a light anti-tank gun to an event. If I ever use it, it's only ever going to be fun or a, a campaign. A campaign yep. game <clears throat> so I, I don't need to worry about spreading them out a bit for templates yeah um, and then the, no,
0: and that... out, i used to um just glue all my models to the artillery piece just for ease of transporting and i mean these days i do put them on individual bases but you know it, it, it's each to their own isn't it really if, if it bothers you know
1: yeah but uh, and some of the some of the bigger guns, to be honest, because they need to go on a base, because otherwise they'll just explode in transport. Yeah, I, I realise actually I can spread five crew around on this. That unless I put them in a conga line, they're as you know they're in as as good a unit coherency almost as I can. Yeah. You know, oh a heavy howitzer hits them, it might get four rather than the the three if they were conga lined. Yeah, it, that's. Such a sort of niche scenario. It's not really bothering, it will just save well, on room. Make... Of the
0: dice might be more important than the um, the spreading of the models. You know, the guy fails to to wound them.
1: Yeah. So I think, and and they just look cooler. I th- I think it just looks it looks better around them. So so that's what I, I've been doing. Um, and I, I'm then just going to end up with a couple of uh, one hodgepodge crew of eight and one sort of late war SS crew of eight. So where
0: have you picked up these artillery? Did you buy them? Are they three D printed? Or... Cause uh,
1: every... there are a mixture.
0: Um, it come with the crew. Uh, this is uh, something else I was
1: just going to go on. Now. When I actually started going through all the crew that I've got to paint, I realized I'd got crew for most of the guns mm-hmm. um, because most of the kits come with crew. That's um, right but a lot of the kits don't come with enough crew so it might be like for example if i, I i'm paying them to play bolt action with yeah because sort of like in, in bolt action the heavy howitzer has five crew and you probably want a spotter so yeah and i, I always count the spotters as part of the crew so that's really you, you need six dudes yeah but quite often they come with four yeah um but Uh, they are a mixture. The guns are a mixture of warlords, uh, rubicons, and some here 46 Mm -hmm. stuff. The here 46 stuff doesn't come with any crew, but the warlord and rubicon stuff does. The warlord stuff, their crews are very specific, so you know, it is either an early war crew or a late war crew. Whereas the Rubicon ones, I think, are are generally a little bit more generic. Um, Like, there are some dudes um, in the smocks, which are obviously a bit more late war. And there there are some dudes in sort of jackets, which I think you could easily get away with in painting up in 1939 field grey or doing in late war camo. Um, So I'm still going to... Do a mixture of the the smocks I'm definitely obviously doing in late war patterns. And I think those who are in the jackets and the pull-on boots, I might just do some of the trousers in camo and make them more like a hodgepodge. They're just wearing whatever uniform they've got. Because I don't really want to go down the sort of uh, rabbit hole with them of really worrying, oh, are these is this the right artillery crew uniform for Monte Casino? Because I don't play my Germans like that.
0: Um, Yeah. Some some people do. Some people are like, well, I want to make sure I get exactly the right shade of color for the airborne for the Sicilian campaign. And it's got to be exactly right. I am not that guy. Um, And there's nothing wrong. If you are, if if you want to, if you want to spend that long researching and you want to spend a year getting an army ready or longer, that's fine. I don't I get the feeling you're not that guy either, Tom.
1: Um, I always play hypothetical Kampfgruppen. So it's almost like this isn't like you know, this isn't what was actually there on the day. This isn't, you know, this person doesn't equal this person, this person doesn't equal this person. Yeah. But I do I do definitely research and read all around like if I'm trying so I want to do some I want to do Monte Casino at some point and um Italy. And so, so I've read quite a few books on it and I've sort of like got a list of right, this is what they mention in the books or in the accounts, you know. They've got they mention the artillery, right? What artillery are they mentioning? What yeah. tanks are they mentioning? I, I make a note of those and go right, these were there. And yeah. that's what I then put in my thing. I don't go, oh, I want a Panzer one or a Panzer Three or I I work I, I work with what they mention. And then sort of work out from there, but I don't then go right. What you net was there, right? This is now whatever. Like I, I've got a, a Normandy Panzer Grenadier Recon detachment from one of the Normandy books. That's all. That's finished, which is inspired and sort of all based historically um, on Das Reich, mm-hmm. but it isn't. Das Reich, because I don't want to play Das Reich, yes. if that makes sense.
0: It makes perfect sense. At some point we have to play Narvik as well, I want to play Narvik, I want to take my, uh, my Polish uh, Narvik because I've, I've, I've worked out a historical list that I think is historical, but I don't think <laughs> I wouldn't take it to a tournament let's put it that way. I'd be well up for that because
1: I'd like to take the uh, German land battleship that they took to
0: Norway, and then quickly decided this is rubbish. <laughs> this is rubbish. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. That'd be good. So, what else have you been working on, Tom?
1: That's it, to be honest. Really, it's it, this is probably um, my comeuppance though for going through a period of just building loads of artillery guns. When I, I went through a phase earlier in the summer where I just wanted to get things painted quickly. Yeah, and, and like an artillery gun takes. You know, you can get five of them painted in an
0: afternoon. Yeah,
1: easy if you if if
0: you just do that. Yeah, if you uh, do a production line of them, you can get them done really quickly. They're not they're not difficult, are they? no as they're generally pretty horrible models to actually build,
1: especially the metal ones.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I thought I'd, I'd get them all built. I built most of them into a, a, a line. I thought, right, well, I sort of got my eye in on building them. A a way we sort of go because i find i really like rubicon kits but i find you have to sort and they are always my my go-to for anything but i think you have to sort of be in the right frame of mind to build them
0: i'm a bit scared i've got some rubicon kits well i this is kind of going to bring us into my my next thing i was going to mention actually which is um i did a hobby stock take um and i've got some Rubicon kits. I've got um, a Panzer IV, two two five, two 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 Um 250s, and the um, the command kit to make one of those a command. They're going to have Rommel's Griff um, from the drive around in. But I looked in those kits, man, that I'm a little bit intimidated. I'm used to just like, the Warlord kits are quite easy to put together, and these look a little bit more... Uh, Challenging, shall I say? Um, I would actually say to build,
1: to build, I think they are eat. They are easier to build than the warlord ones, especially the Tayari warlord ones. I think. I think the challenging thing with a lot of the Rubicon ones is rather than maybe like I think being one assembly, like it might be in a warlord kit, it's probably like might be six seven even 10 12 different components make that one assembly and they can look really intimidating you know rather than having all your road wheels glued together in a big strip you might have to put each road wheel on on its own um but what i would suggest is if you um they're definitely something you can't sort of do in five minutes and they're not really something you can sort of do on your knee you sort of do really want a table with them where you can yeah. sort of sit at with some decent a decent lamp or something, so you can have the instructions in front of you and follow the instructions to the letter. Um, and a pair of tweezers helps. Yeah, with, with yeah. some of, some of the fiddly bits. And if you just go from level A, like you know, part one A, and just follow it through. Um, and also to be aware that when you're finished, you'll have a huge tub of bits that you're not using and just sort of decide from the very outset if it's a multi part kit if it's a multi variant kit which version you're using so you sort of yeah. follow those steps all the way through i really like them and i think they are i think they're the perfect balance between a scale model kit and a like a gaming kit um they are always my my first choice if tamiya don't make it in 148 like they do sometimes do a little bit they go a little bit far and a little bit meant, like, the the motorbikes, for example, have, like, individual uh, cylinder heads. Oh,
0: say so individual chain, chain links for their, uh...
1: <laughs> But then, like, you know, you, you go up to the, uh... Like, you're looking at something like the 148 tank kits for, you know, Tamir and MIG and all those sort of things. Yeah. Some of those have individual track links that you have to pin and, you know, they are... You know,
0: no, I, life's too short for that kind of thing for me. Oh,
1: is it, it's not the individual track links, Just sort of get your head around. Once you've got your head around them and following the the uh, sort of instructions, it becomes quite a sort of zen-like thing, I think. But I can definitely see why people would
0: I mean, rather put themselves in the eye. And on the, um, the building, it would be fine. I'm a little bit intimidated by the command one because it's there's like two sets of instructions I have to follow. Um. And when I'm building it, I have to reference the other sheet, the bits that I have to put in, like the radio and the antenna and 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 Rommel in there. So, yeah, I'm a little bit like, ah, oh, let's we'll see how I get on with that, I guess. Uh, the reason I was mentioning I, I did a hobby stock take. I have um, a big tub full of my models, and I did have a list of exactly, well, most of the things I had to get painted. And my phone did an update. And it just wiped that off my notes. So yesterday I took everything out of my cupboard, all the models I own, and I went through and I put them in bags, some of them, and separated them, and, and I got made sure I had an entire list of every single model that I have to, to paint. Now I've got bits box as well, and there are models in the bits box that I could you could technically say I've got like bits of space marine, and you could make a model from those bits, but I'm not counting those. These are actual things that I want to paint that I have just have an idea of exactly how much you've got that you need to get done. I, I know some people just like to have loads and loads of projects. They don't care if it's all just sitting around. But for me, um, I get annoyed at myself if I've got too much stuff and I'm glad it just it all goes in just one plastic tub at the moment. There have been times in my life that was not the case. So it was good just to do a stock take and, and have a look at that. And so now I, I know where I am now, and it's going to help me plan going forward. Once I've got these projects like English Civil War finished and get the Abyssal Dwarfs, so I can then go, OK, what am I going to focus on next?
1: Well, that's um, quite envious, really, to have it all fit in a single tub, um, but also have a, a, a finite list of exactly what you've got. And so go well when this is done.
0: It's to buy lots of 15 mil stuff, Tom.
1: I think some 15 mil stuff might well be in my future. It's it's the one scale that I've always... I've never really wanted to play anything that was in 15 mil. Um, yeah. Because of, for the longest time, um, the only thing I, I knew that was in 15 mil was Flames of War. Yeah. Um, which never used to appeal to me until I got into playing bolt action. And now it sort of does, but there's like no way I'm going to be doing... You know, World War Two in 28 and 15 mil.
0: Oh. Um, Although I've got some stuff in 10 mil, but that's a really limited project.
1: I, I think 10 and 6 mil, I think, is slightly different because you're playing a different scale yeah. of game. Um, I, I know very little about Flames of War, apart from having a couple of the source books. Um, I get the impression that it's not like a huge divisional game. It's still relatively limited in scope
0: yeah so i mean i've got for 15 mil i've got um a french foreign legion and some moroccans and i've got two war bands for ducks uh, britanniarum and then some odds and sods are just little bits that just need to be i could probably if i put mine to it in like an hour just get them all done that i just i've picked up here and there
1: i i'm thinking where i might jump in with 15 mil is to do some uh Dab armies with it because oh, yeah. they seem to look um, really nice in 15 mil. Like you're still using the same base sizes as you're using 28, but just yeah. having the, the figures look a lot less crowded. and You just have a, you know obviously a few more of them on the bases, and it's not a you know it's not a multi-figure army that you're looking in. And I know Essex do like pack-ready armies for that, which I'm sort of I'm becoming more and more interested by those sort of pack armies where you know you just buy the thing. Yeah. This is the especially where games aren't my like a main game. It's just like I want to play now and again, so it doesn't have to be the most optimised list. Just give me a, an army that's fully fine to play, and it's just all I need. So don't have to worry about having leftovers or
0: an it illegal is, list. You're going to be collecting. It's not like, OK, well, I'm going to be doing this, um, these Hussars and I'm going to be doing this British Army and I'm going to be expanding it over time. And I'm not going to do these cannons and these batteries and I'm going to do some 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 scouts and some rifle. You know, it's not if it's just going to be I just want to occasionally want to play War of the Roses. Yeah. Two armies. Off you go. Yeah,
1: that's that's exactly way it sort appeals to me. I, I do. At some point in the medium future, I see some sort of like Hundred Years' War, maybe like an Agincourt or Cressy sort of project coming into my life. But I'm not sure yet at what scale I'm going to do that. So thinking about it.
0: Finding out what that's going to be. There's the guy, there's the blind guy who was tied up with ropes so he (laughs) could ride in the battle. Are you going to model that? I can't remember. Because the Prince of Wales kills him and he took his motto as his own to remember. But I can't remember what his name... Who he killed?
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that nobody does that model, um, because you would think it would—it's such like a a famous anecdote. You would think yeah. somebody would model
0: it up. Trap a horse and lead me in with ropes so I can go into battle because I'm blind. It's like wow. I mean, that's that's pretty hardcore. But
1: um, Hundred Years War seems to be something that like a few club mates have sort of been working on in secret because all of a sudden, various people's Hundred Year War armies sort of yeah. It's like, oh I've done this, I've got no idea what I'm gonna do with it, but I just wanted to do it. And other people yeah. were
0: like, Oh, it's mine that's also been working <laughs> on in C-Tree. secret. Maybe there's a secret club we don't know about where they play Hundred Years' War, like round by the bins on the street, you know.
1: <laughs> but it maybe just with you know it being now nearly what is it, nine months since the club was open. Yeah. But people are are maybe just, you know, drifting towards doing projects that they want to do and think, I like these models. Yeah.
0: I think if that's true, I think that's wonderful. You know, because it's easy to, there's there's something to be said for collecting and painting an army because that's what everyone's playing at the club. But that might not be really what you want to do, but you just want to make sure you can get a game. So maybe if everyone goes and just, you know, um, paints an army that they've always wanted to, you can then become an ambassador for that army in that game. And maybe it'll bring a bit of diversity of, I don't know, Periods and games to the club.
1: I think that completely, and I think that's a a great segue maybe into hobby news. Unless you've got any more hobby progress,
0: I can't believe we've spoken for so long on (laughs) what we've been up to. I was like, I did this, this, and this done, and then we're like, an hour later. (laughs) Yeah, hobby news, I think definitely.
1: Well, this, this isn't gonna sort of interest anyone in, in maybe in, in the wider gaming community. Um it, it's as it's not a, a new game released or anything like that. But twenty eight mil Napoleonics seems to have become a hot topic of interest in our, our gaming club. Um it does, definitely. Especially on on the historics group. Yeah. Um sort of a bit of context, I think the main hate Facebook group has got I think about 1,100 followers. Yeah. And, a, you know, the historicals are very much the poor stepchild with about 100 followers, I think. But there's a a post went up about 24 hours ago. It's already got about 50 replies. Yeah. After somebody posted a picture of a Waterloo ensign that they'd posted up, that they'd painted up. And there seems to be a huge amount of interest in doing a club-wide massive battle project where rather than we each build massive armies everybody builds a component but then goes towards together so we can have the look of here are thousands of figures but they're all painted by you know we all have bits of it.
0: Yeah Waterloo Battle of Waterloo was was floated as, as something to do Um. I am conflicted about this,
1: having just decided you know two weeks ago to try and sell my twenty eight mil waterloo british army um you know potentially luckily not sure you know all three sales that I had lined up for it f- fell through um you know I had two- ca- buyers from Canada wanted it, and then a third buyer didn't want it um I think probably because Warlord brought out their Black Friday black powder deals which are uh, better and like, I don't want to sell it for 50% of what I paid for it. So. Yeah. And so I I wouldn't be distraught if I did sort of unpackage it and end up painting it um, at some point. But I don't... My, prob- my f- biggest fear is that we all end up doing British and then there's like you know, we've got a thousand... British figures on the table and 50 Frenchmen to, <laughs> to fight against them. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> not quite the historic reenactment we we're looking for.
1: No, like, um, my ad- ad- advice and people, if people are thinking about taking it, giving it a go, is the Black Powder, try and pick up either in, on Black Friday or any other sites you can. The Black Powder starter set comes with a fairly decent sized British and French army and the rules. Mm-hmm. for for very little money. I think for the the French get a unit of infantry and a unit of cavalry. And yeah. I think the English get two units of infantry and a cannon. Um and you know, that's what I would do. But I'm I just ordered some six mil Napoleonics, which is is, is what I intend to do um going yeah. forward. And I, I think there are a few different projects I would like if I do do twenty-eight mil Napoleonic. Some I'd rather do like small skirmishy-sized games or big skirmish in different things. I think Egypt would be quite cool because you've got different uniforms. You know the the French are really colourful and and weird looking. You've got naval engagements and all that sort of stuff. You know the, the contested beach landings and all that kind of gear. Whereas I feel doing a load of stuff for Waterloo is it, great, and it's almost one of those things that, as a historical gamer, you do at some point. But if, if it feels very stuffy, You can play Waterloo, and you can play 1815. And, yeah, you can do you know, War of 1812 with them or whatever, if, if you want to, and you're not that bothered about what they look like. But it doesn't fill me with joy, the thought of doing a huge... 28 mil waterloo project even i would happily get involved in it i don't know how you think about it andy
0: well i'm in a very similar i mean i was actually called out by name on the post as well which is <laughs> andy you have to get involved it's just i'm just getting flashbacks to um to english civil war it's a similar thing but i think you know, we had that vote we chose english civil war we all agreed um and then i got the models and then i was like oh my gosh this is a slog and I'm still, as, we, as I keep telling everyone that all the time, I'm still painting English Civil War figures and still going forward. So there's, there's that. And then I think this is sort of seen as a, as a continuation. So this is going to be the next, you know, 2021's project for us, historical project, would be Napoleonics. And, and, and I got nothing against Napoleonics. And just like yourself, I had bought a six-mil army just, just before second lockdown as a, a treat to myself. I was like, I'll order from Bacchus for well, the cart's over. I'll order some six-mil Prussians. It just happens I um, I won uh, a box of Prussian um, Landwehr um, during last lockdown. It was a raffle to help the NHS, support the NHS. And I was like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll put it in there. And I, and I won a box of them. So I have got some 28 mil Prussians here at the house. And I am very conflicted because I would really like to, um, to collect a 28 mil Prussian army, you know there are certain battles that I think every gamer wants to do, so for sa- Trafalgar for sailing, you know you want to do um, you want to do some Roman armies, maybe you want to do uh, like Gettysburg, Waterloo, D-Day landing, Stalingrad. I'm um, easier for me for the Second World War, probably, uh, than other ones. but there are certain battles that are sort of the key battles, and Waterloo is one of those games you'd really like to do. But at the same time, I'm like, do I really want it that much? Is now the time. I've just been grinding away for English Civil War. I think I want to play with that first. Before taking on another big project. And I just don't know when we're going to get a chance to do that. Because I'm not psychic with the pandemic and everything.
1: My thoughts on it are to definitely not do it as... 2021's project, um, I think that sends... I think, number one, it sets a bad precedent that, like, each year we're going to do, like, some mass army massive project that takes the whole year. Um, yeah. I, I think, realistically, you know, 2021 is going to be plain English Civil War, really, because we've yeah. got these armies that we haven't played with, um, and we've played one or two games of it, and by the time... Whenever we can start gaming again, you know, I I want to play with them a little bit before before yeah. I jump into another big project. And, and like you said, like I did paint my I finished painting mine months and months ago, but it did become like a slog. It it was a slog. It, it wasn't enjoyable. If I was to do, if I paint this army that I've got, I will not paint it in one go. I will paint it, you know, a unit. Here so, and
0: there, I do think Tom that might be and that might be good if we were if we were to do it. I'm not saying we are. If we were, what you could do is be playing English Civil War, but be painting the Napoleonics for the next year. So in a way, you're you're playing one game and preparing for the next season while you're playing with the models you've already got painted.
1: I wouldn't even mind going further afield. but in like yeah, right as a group. Or, like, if people, want, if people want to jump in and get some models so they know at some point they're going to play with them. But, say, so, you know, we are going to be playing with these at the earliest 2022. Yeah. Um, you know, could even be 2023 before we get round to playing. You know, these are... Because I'm looking at things now, and I don't know about you, but I, I, I think... Almost like with the hobby equivalent of beer goggles, you forget how long things are and how how like longings sort or of gestation projects can take, but yeah. also how how quickly time passes passes in sort of gaming um and sort of how quickly the turnover in games and things come up that you you weren't really expecting and you sort of jump in and you play that for a while and then yeah. Because um, I, I know next year, sort of like we've, we've talked about in other episodes, there's the Billion Suns coming yep. out, and the Stargrave, and all those yep. things that will come up, and people will want to play. And so, well, and
0: the next second edition's coming out.
1: Yeah. So oh, it's all okay. the all these things that sort of aren't necessarily on your radar right when you're planning these big projects come up, and just delay things. So you say, well, we're not going to be playing this for eighteen months at least. Yeah just doesn't matter uh, if you paint a unit. It gives every
0: you a chance to collect things and buy things in deals. That's why it, it, it would... Yeah. I mean, I've got so much stuff to paint. I kind of want to get some more done before, you know... I I really want to play Kings of War, you know. Um And that needs to get done. And I know I, c- I can turn things out pretty quickly, as you know, but um I'm not sure I'm ready for this level of commitment, Tom
1: no it, it it is that its it's a commitment both of hundreds of hours of your time
0: mm-hmm. and
1: at least a hundred quid yeah you because, know, yeah it's it's not i don't think it would be as a bigger financial investment as the English civil war stuff because you do very much have that like, you know five boxes of Perry stuff and you've got you have three units of infantry and two of cavalry you know yeah you've got a decent force, but that is gonna that's a lot of painting.
0: I'll be honest with you, as I and now I'm older, it's it's not the money. It's the time. It's in, the time investment for me. Is, it's almost more important than, you know, um, being um, having a, a young family, um, you know, just trying to find. Although I'm on lockdown, so I am churning my way through pretty quickly at the moment, you know, with him being at school and the wife being working at school as well. Um, yeah, it, for me, it's, it's the time investment and. and I guess there is the, the aspect that we are collecting historicals, so it's not like you can't use them again in the future. It's not like oh, I've collected squats for forty k and now oh they've gone. Um, you know, Napoleonic, English Civil War, World War Two stuff. They're still going to be around. There's still going to be games you can play. It might be a different system, um, so you might need to go. Oh, now I need to actually need three machine guns, medium machine guns, for this system rather than just the one I was using. In this system, but you know, a few changes. But um, for me, yeah, it, it's the time investment and, and being absolutely sure that that's what I want to do. You know, do I want to take another project on when I've still got projects here that need to be finished? I've ordered myself some more blood bowl stuff. Purchases, I guess, it's hobby news, isn't it? Um, I pre-ordered the. Necromantic uh, Dice and the Necromantic Board pitch for Blood Bowl. Although I haven't actually pre-ordered the team because it was too much doing on one go. But um, if you don't order those dice, as soon as they come out, I hesitated to order the dice. Because if you don't order them straight away, they're sold out. They're sold out. And like I actually ordered the dice... And the pitch from two different, loca- two different companies because I couldn't get them from the same company because one had sold out of the dice and the other one, the, bo- the pitch was so much cheaper. It was cheaper than the postage, so actually it was worth me ordering it from them and saving money.
1: Yeah, I- I've no idea why they do that with the dice because they sell out on pre-order and then they're on eBay for 30 quid. It's just yeah.
0: There was some really nice ones. There were like purple glow-in-the-dark ones. I, I, I wanted to order them, and I was like, oh. The, the, and then I just couldn't get them. Just nah. like, yeah, so That's why I'm going to get on now and order these while I can. Because um, I do plan to do uh, a Necromantic team. That's why I had to finish these these Underworld Creepers off. So I plan to do a, the, a Necromantic team as well. Because uh, I've got an undead team. I'm going to do a Necromantic Shambling Undead and a Necromantic Undead one. Um, I also ordered some flops it was on sale, one of them retail. A dark sphere had a little sail on some flock. Uh, so I thought, while I'm paying the postage, I might as well chuck some flock in there. And I also ordered, this will be exciting for you, some chain trackers for Keyforge. <laughs> <laughs> they were really reduced. They went from like £9 down to £2. And I thought, well, I'll get a couple of those to use. Um, I, I really like Keyforge. We were playing a little bit of it before... Lockdown and then lockdown happened and we haven't played it since. But yeah, I figured for, for a couple of quid each, a little disc and you turn it, you turn the little wheel and it, it doesn't. I thought, well, two quid in the sales, I will grab that as well.
1: No, I First, think
0: KeyForged is a just jumping in there.
1: I I think KeyForged is a, one of those really fun games. Just you know, just chuck in your bag and yeah, you know, I think we quite yeah. often play it in the pub when we just not even at the club. Do we? Just, if we yeah. for a drink after work, it's just
0: just up, have a quick game I and mean, I've got about 20 decks or something. And you just, you just grab a couple of random decks and you just can just, I don't, I don't think it will. I think it's still going. I think it's some, some new sets coming. I don't think it's going to have the longevity of um, magic, the gathering, but you know, if you just pick up a couple of decks and, then, and each, each one, the thing about key for just each deck is unique. There's no one with the same artwork or the same name. Each deck's unique. You buy a deck, and it's that's just what it is. And you, and you play with what you have and you, you work tactics and strategies using the cards that you have. And it's, it, you know, it's just good fun. So I'm glad I've got those. But talking about stock and supply, this is the other thing um, I've been thinking. About, I've, he- I've been hearing grumblings on the Internet um, this Christmas. Don't say it this Christmas, last Christmas, uh, this Christmas. um stock levels might be low uh, and that people are finding it really hard um, to get stock of things because there's things coming from China and with the pandemic, they've just not been able to make as much of as many things as they would have liked in the quantities they would have liked. And so you might find there's going to be a few less deals and a few less things available in the shops.
1: Um, I've also heard similar stuff and also that, because of things like PPE and soon hopefully to be vaccine and things like that. Just things are taking much longer to clear through docs, clear through customs and all of that kind of stuff. So that could why that could well be further reasoning why a lot of the deals and the you know, the Black Friday sales and things which people have become accustomed to have been a little bit more underwhelming this year
0: yeah that's what i thought as well maybe it's just they don't want to do too well they want to sell too much because maybe they can't fulfill all the orders and i know uh last year warlord were really struggling to get the black friday stuff out i think they had they actually recruited a whole new person just so they could get uh, all the orders out because they did so well and almost uh, a victim of their own success um
1: yeah uh i think I think Blitzkrieg also happened to that I think because they do um they I think their traditional black friday ones were 50% off um and so you know they would have people maybe ordering like six tanks paying for three of them and yeah. it, it I think the first time it happened it sort of was a real shock to them how popular it was you know if, if you are pro- um I think their Black Friday sale this year is just going to be for a single day. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think I will be really partaking of it because I just don't need that much from them.
0: Um, I've got so I've got loads of things to paint, so I just I think this is going to be. I'll be interested if they do um, sprues, um, at, at warlord like single sprues, and maybe. I mean, there's, there's a Stewart with like £3 knocked off and I'm like I've got two Stuarts already a Stuart for £15 I'm like I'm not that excited by that it's not going to make me go and buy three of them Um, no it's like uh, just talk
1: about Warlord specifically I found most of their deals and sales to be honest aren't still aren't cheaper than if you just buy them from a third party with the 20% off
0: Yeah, you need to add up and go okay how much is this going to cost me how much would it cost me to go and buy this somewhere else just with a, you know, a retailer discount? I mean, you should always do that anyway. I mean, there's something to be said from um, I have spent money with Warlord this year and I chose to go directly to them to spend it with them because I wanted to support them during the pandemic. Because the last thing I wanted was for Warlord to go anywhere, uh, <laughs> anywhere Or I you know I play I play ball action and I, you know, I play Pike I and shot and I I'm hail Caesar. Um, So I don't want them going anywhere anytime soon. So I did, you know, make a choice that okay, I'm going to spend some money with them directly, just to make sure that they were going to be okay. Not, I don't know, if they are in trouble, but I just wanted to make sure they weren't. Um, Yeah. What what was I making, Tom? About Christmas stock levels on that sort of thing. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think just um, keep that in mind. When you're planning for Christmas that, you know, you might pre-order something, but, um you know, maybe because I've had it before. I ordered. I'm actually kind of glad they didn't fulfill it now. I ordered the Gene Stealer Cult Dice from a store and they ordered 200, I think they said, and they only got sent 20. I'd say so 180 people were were let down. And they had to say, we're well, really sorry, but what can we do? So...
1: Yeah, I I genuinely genuinely don't understand the reasoning behind the like false making the the dice so limited that so many people are uh, disappointed with them. I know it's probably got people sort of hardwired now. As soon as that you know you sat there refreshing for when they go on sale, yeah, because they'll sell out. But I, I don't I don't really like I really don't like very much sort of like hyper-limited models or, or, you know, you can't get these unless you're this, like, I don't like how Warlord are getting rid of all the, like, the minis that come with the books
0: mm-hmm. and how
1: you can buy them that, and now instead they're like, spend 75 quid and get this month's mini and
0: that sort of thing, it's...
1: yeah, And then it's like, when that's gone, it's gone sort of a thing, it's...
0: I mean, they have hinted there'll be other ways to get those minis, and I think yeah... I I I've often looked at some of those and a lot of them you don't really need him if it's just you know, it's a guy with a machine gun. You
1: know. Yeah, I think a lot of them do fall I think a lot of them do fall down into oh, this is another Primaris Lieutenant sort yeah. of a, a category. <laughs> but the, on the flip side there are some amazing ones. Like yeah. the the Winter German carrying the other guy, the yeah. uh, sniper from the Stalingrad box. That's a amazing model. Um anyway this isn't the gripe at warlord show. and i was
0: like talk about gamers moaning we get a reputation <laughs> moaning or doing is moaning i'm just like i'm like hey guys just 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 keep in mind there might be stock levels and we and then we're both like well i think they should give us more money off these products cuz it's november and it's there's an american festival going on so did we have a topic for today we've been talking for a long time was there a topic
1: well, yeah, the, the topic for today is, is sort of really jumping off what you just said there and sort of wasn't planning on talking about Keyforged, but also how you said you bought the new Blood Bowl stuff. And that is looking at sort of edition changing, rules collecting, and maybe sort of edition agnostic games. And I think sort of Keyforged might be a really good example of a game, even though it's, it's a card game. So it's not a, a, a war game, but it's it's a game where you don't have to follow it, like you said. As if you know, some new decks might have come out for it, some new factions or that sort of thing. But I know I've got probably about a dozen decks and the tokens and stuff on my shelf, and I want to play it now, or I want to play it in twenty years' time. I just grab those out, play it, and we can play Keyforged the same as you. I don't have to worry if they are the new decks or whatever. And I've never played Magic, but I know if I wanted to go and play Magic, if I had a deck of Magic cards that I'd been playing with. 10 years ago, I would need new Magic cards to go and play Magic today, unless I would played things called Legacy Magic. But even then, I would need to update that deck I had to play. Um, so I think there is definitely something for playing, having games which are sort of stuck in a point in time so they don't change. So once you've got them, you've got them for good.
0: Evergreen, evergreen games, always you know, um... That's it. Yeah, I, I'm. A, I, there's these KeyForge decks that I've got. I can pull them out any time and play with them, and put them away because it's all it's self-contained. It's like having a board game, I guess, or, or something of that nature. Um, because there are a few games out there that, where they just keep releasing editions. I'm not going to name any names, but I think we know the. Well, the I think for this.
1: I I think sort of. um I will. I think I think sort of GW or maybe the post of, Children for sort of pretty quick turnover in editions, and Mm -hmm. you you were saying you'd bought the new pictures and some dice for Blood Bowl. Yeah, I I I sort of had to look it and go right. So do I get the new, so you know to get the new rules and that sort of thing right? Do I get the new starter set for the Blood Bowl? And I I play a, a moderate amount of Blood Bowl, but I've never actually used the 2016 starter set i've never built you know the models are still in the box i've never used the pictures i read the rules but because i play it down the club all the time just never used that starter set so i i thought there is zero point me buying the new starter set or the new edition because i haven't played i haven't played blood bowl in about a year well obviously not this year but I haven't played it for a little while. If I do play it, I will just play it down the club, and someone will just tell me what rules have changed. So in yeah. that regard, I don't think I need
0: you could just a rule book. But um, I mean, we're looking at something like Bolt Action. Uh, in comparison, they had first edition, then they brought out after several years second edition. And the only updated one army book, the German army book, was the only one that got updated because the others didn't need it. I think some companies would have just used that as an excuse to bring out an army book for every single one again. And that doesn't seem to be a model they're, they're running with in bolt action. And they've even said, look, we're not even planning for third edition because people are saying, well, there's loads of FAQs and erratas. When are you going to bring out a third edition? And they've said, it's not even something we're planning for because it's working fine. There's no problem with this game. Um, and I think that'd be really good for some other game systems to maybe take on board. You know, you haven't got, you don't have to release a new version every three years.
1: I think looking at Bolt Action, I would almost say that Bolt Action is getting close with the frequency and now the breadth of some of the rule changes or is almost becoming a living rule board game. Mm-hmm. In fact. Um, I, I, I don't think it needs a third edition at all. No. I think I think a third edition would be a bad thing, personally. I think it could maybe do with a two point one rule book printing or an a new rule book printing with all the FAQs in. And I think a, a book I would buy a book which had all the all the current units that you can use in a reinforced platoon in for the book. So no yeah. background, no history no missions, just these are the units, these are the points, these are the weapons. Um, I would even
0: go as far as to say you release a rule book that hadn't got any of the army selection stuff because when you buy the book now you get like a watered down version of like the, the five major powers. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think you need it. I, I've never used it because I've always had the army book. And it's kind of like I'm just carrying it around. I'm carrying it like half a book around that I don't need. Yeah. I could see them producing, a, you know, print two, a book where it's um, in a slip case with two, the army lists and um, the rule book, and then you can save a little bit of space. Yeah, or, or
1: even, you know, put those, put those, put the units that are in the army book out as a free PDF. That sort of a thing. You know, keep yeah. p- pay for the rules, get the, the the very basic army lists free. Because I do think it's not a negative... But I think it is getting to the territory where you could now realistically go to an event with a reinforced platoon that's got units from six books in um yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and I, when I've done that, all I do is photocopy the the page from the book um and take the book you know i'm I'm lucky in the regard that i I've technically got all the books, although because I've got yeah. several of them out they've you know i think been come and you know yeah, gone
0: somewhere.
1: Pressed into service for other folk. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I would do that. And I think there are other um, Meg. Uh, that has a, a folder where you you print out the rules. You, you buy the rules and it comes in a folder. If they update them, you just print out the new sheet and put it in the ring binder. And, and that's, that's... so you know you don't have to. You now, oh, we've made some slight changes. You just print out the new pages, put it in the ring binder. Yeah which Good idea. I think is brilliant. Um.
0: And I think Infinity does, they do their rule book for free online. So you just have to print it there. So you, you can go and buy a copy or you can just print it yourself for free. I have the PDF for free. So that's an option as well. I mean, there are, you know, I'd like, I would like to live in a world where the rules are free. So they got, so you could spend money on figures. And I think that certainly makes sense for, would make sense for companies that are, trying to push their own model lines. So it's less historical, but more um, science fiction and fantasy tend to have their own model lines that are unique to their world. If you bring out the, the rules for free, then they're going to invest more in those models. But if you've got a situation where it's you know, 40 quid for the rule book before you've bought a model, you know, for younger players, that can be a real barrier.
1: Well, I, I think the cost of entry to rules... I think it's perhaps one of the biggest things that prevents a lot of people picking things up. I, like as a person who's earns his living through writing books and you know selling books, I'm not you know. There's an awful lot of work that goes into a lot of rule books, and yeah. you know obviously some some of them, you know, they need to be of a decent price because there is a lot of work that goes into them. Um, you know, I personally think. The best ground is the Osprey books, really, because they're, like, 15, 20 quid. So it's, like, you yeah. get a decent quality book. You know, it's not going to fall apart in two minutes. It's got some decent artwork. It's got a decent cover that's not going to fall apart. Whoever wrote it's going to get a payday, but it's not her- it's too expensive to, like, stop. You go, oh, I'm going to take a punt on this. If it isn't really for me, never mind. Whereas some other games... Might be like you know, their buy in point just for the rules is 50 quid,
0: yeah. You, you go, that's yeah, I've gone on Amazon, I've picked up Osprey books for less than 10 quid, and you know, I have Amazon Prime, so it's free delivery. I get a book for less than 10 quid, and of course, then I just put it on the shelf, yep, that's, that's... <laughs> to play later on and maybe read it later on.
1: But yeah, they all have the same spine, so they look cool in the box,
0: yeah, all, all line up together. Um, and again, I always forget the bar actions in Osprey game, but what i like about their campaign supplements is it's not like in other get to oh you need this supplement now it's just, this is going to be supplementing this army you have got to buy this you know if you haven't you're playing with your army suboptimal it's okay this is the uh, the battle of the bulge and this has the campaign rules and extra bits for playing the battle of the bulge if you're playing in north africa you don't need it exactly like a generic game you don't need it it's there if you want to. If you want it, it's there, but it's not a, a must-have. So you can, you can pick and choose. I've only got um, a couple of the campaign books because I only wanted to pick up a couple of the campaign books. I didn't have to grab everything.
1: I I, I would say in none of the campaign books is there anything that you have to have. Um, yeah. I think uh, Fortress Budapest. I think is an amazing book in that it does give you a different way and I would say it gives you a better way to play Hungarians and allows you to play mixed forces um, like mixed Eastern Front Axis forces which none of the other books do Mm -hmm. but they don't go like this is an inherently better army or this is you need, you'll now need to take this unit because this unit is better than anything in the game. And, like, definitely what none of the books do is, like, undo the breaking that the previous book had done. So, you know, if, if a book comes out with some fantastic tank in, the next book doesn't come out with some equally amazing anti-tank option.
0: Too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I that was one of the I always annoyed. That annoyed me with another game. <laughs> It was, the, it was the power creep of like, oh, no, this is the ultimate tank. No, this is the ultimate. Oh, no, there's another ultimate tank. No, we know of World War Two all the tanks they had. Here they all are. And here's what they did. And with the way that the bot action tanks work, you know, nothing's ever going to be that overpowered. Except maybe just Stuart with too many guns on it. Um <laughs> But yeah, it just, it just just no, you know, if you've got a King Tiger, you've pretty much got, you know, the biggest and best tank the Germans ever had. I know they had a couple of Mouses, but we won't talk about those. They didn't really get sea service. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just yeah, I just, I just like that aspect of the game that you, you haven't got this constant oh, this is a paper, this is scissors, this is rock, you know, just always getting better and better and better than the last one.
1: Yeah, and it also it it works across games. It doesn't matter what game you're going to play. Sort of looking for that sort of an evergreen sort of game in a way. You know, you've got a King Tiger. It's always going to be a King Tiger. It's not going to yeah. be a, an anti-grav King Tiger or a a King well, Tiger.
0: Unless you want to. You can, if you're playing Seven TV and you want to do a little adventure where you're the Germans of the German war machines created a hover. Tiger, that might be quite a fun little game to play, but I think the tiger would be more a piece of scenery you were fighting over.
1: So, I've not just not to constantly dump on, on 40k. Are we really, I, I there. To... we were really, <laughs> money, Tom. Why
0: we are, are we, so moony?
1: we have got a moany Tuesday morning. Um, <laughs> but I know this uh new edition of 40k came out, uh, it came out this year, didn't it? This yeah. is this is the first edition of 40k where I didn't get. The new rule books. Um, yeah, same here. The club went to a doubles weekend at Warhammer World. So, signed up for that. Uh Me and Aiden went and played in that. It was, it was a fun weekend to play that. But I had played like one game of eighth as practice, just to sort of get my eye in a little bit before we went and played. Went and played those five games there, and that was the entire 40k eighth edition I played on the yeah. rule box. Because it was it was there playing that weekend. And I thought, here I am with all my friends, playing, cool looking with cool looking models on amazing tables. Mm-hmm. Weekend away should be really fun. We had a lot of fun, but the gaming part of it just did not do anything for me. It was just yeah.
0: Insane. I um I dropped out. I, I had I liked like six or seven. But I I I liked Horace Heresy. I liked six and seventh edition. And eighth came out, and I just I just didn't enjoy it. And I played. Two or three games, and it just—I was just like, no. And then the, they started bringing out Primaris models, and I thought, do you know what? This is this just isn't for me anymore. I put held my hands up as said, look. You know, I can see my army is going to quite quickly become of Marines is going to be outdated, and I'm going to make the choice now not to make that jump into buying Primaris Marines, and I will bow out of 40k because. I think I've 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 grown up. I'm, I turned forty, and magically, I, I want to play historicals. I just think there are better games out there to play, and, and I you know I don't regret playing 40k. It got me into you know tabletop wargaming, and then, you know worked for Games Workshop um, for a while, and you know I played lots of 40k, and I really enjoyed it. But it just it wasn't scratching the itch anymore. It didn't excite me anymore. I just you know it just wasn't what I wanted to do. But um, Step off this. We're, we're Donnie Downer at the moment, but you know, I think a uh, game's workshop, uh, they make some of the best models out there, really nice models. And, you know, they are really good at um, getting people into the hobby. Really Com- completely.
1: At- and I, as you say, yeah, the people's gateway to the hobby, they do amazing work. Like, so the, the models are, are simply amazing. Uh-huh. A lot of them, I think. And, there is absolutely nothing wrong. Like, please don't, listeners don't think I'm dumping on like 40k or 40k players or anything like that. There's, if it, it's just horses for courses and what people's tastes are, it's just no longer does it for me after 20 odd years. But saying that I still really love road trader and second edition stuff. And I was last week, uh, me and Ed had, cause he's painting up his second edition Orcs, and we had a, a long conversation over those. How, you know that the, the brilliant models how we want to play, and I think he's built up a here we go, warband sort of using those rules and sort of tracking things down and sort of steering us again back onto that thing of um, evergreen, evergreen rules. You know, I think sort of like a lot of us probably maybe enjoyed thirty k when it came out because it was our oh, here's the modern version of these models that we we liked when we were kids but could not oh, necessarily absolutely. afford yeah um and i know a few of, uh my friends from the north of england they've actually got back into just playing like rogue trader and second edition you know, this is the game we we're playing as a kid because mm-hmm. these are the armies we've got and you you know 20 30 figures is a rogue trader army you don't need millions of them and
0: um, I remember play I I actually played Rogue Trader back in the day and, and second edition. And you look at how tiny the armies were then compared to how big they are now. It's crazy how much yeah. How smaller they are. But you can go back and as long as you have an opponent to play, you can go back and play any old rule set you want to play. Um if you want to play a tournament it starts to get a bit more difficult. I know Epic, for example, but I know as Adeptus Titanicus is out there, but it's like online People are, like and, and Blood Bowl before it came back again, there was a real community of those players online. And you can probably, if there's a game you want to play, I would say go and look online. Because um, you might be surprised to find there maybe more people playing it than you think they are.
1: Yeah, I think we were talking recently about Pony Wars, wasn't we? Because
0: yeah. I, I couldn't
1: quite work out why there was such enthusiasm for it coming back. But then it sort of appears it sort of never really went away. It sort of maintained its popularity the whole time even while it was out of print and stuff um but that sort of coming out and sort of how you can always play something um and i know we've talked about this on previous weeks when we're looking at sort of like a a more niche period or a, a niche um game is that it you could always have just two smaller forces for a game bring it out and play it you know give it. Yeah. My experience of gamers is a lot of gamers are always happy to play a new game. And if yeah. you say, Here, we're going to give this a go, they will be like, Cool, they're probably not. But if they are, if you give them the army and say, Who wants to play this? I'll give you an army to play it. Even I doubt you're going to have much trouble getting a game because I, yeah. I like rules, I like writing rules, and you know, it's something I would like to do a lot more of. So I am increasingly buying, you know, quite weird and esoterical 70s rules and 80s rules where you go well, this is where modern gaming came from when we got rid of the four million tables and all of this sort of stuff but i, I would really like to play some of those games but you know nobody's going to have a i can't see any of the books with me at the other minute but no one's going to no one's going to have a force that's written up from a 1978 paper bound renaissance rule book <laughs>
0: Well, you never know, Tom. I remember all these people coming out from 100 Years' War out of the, out from out of the woodwork, suddenly appearing from nowhere. You, know, you never know.
1: But I think I, I don't have any problem with drawing up, using the army lists in that book to draw up two forces and saying, who wants to play this game with me? Yeah, I think that's the
0: key, is if there's a game, I think it's for any game, it doesn't matter what edition it is. If you've got a game that you like or a game you want to try, if you turn up and say, OK, who wants to play this with me? I mean, the issue is if you haven't got a games club, but then you have to start looking a bit further afield. But we are lucky in having a really good base of players at our club. We can go to, um, you know, Neil, I, I think Neil would Neil would play me at pretty much anything. Um, hi, Neil. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you just, just, just put a message out and just say, I want to play this or, you know, and just someone will. If you've got both the forces, I'm sure someone will give you a game. I,
1: I'm in complete agreement. Um, I, I think also there is no i think we have uh, think else that's you know maybe came out probably before we started doing hobby news in the podcast was a new version of hero quest oh yeah uh, and i i've got i haven't got a complete version of hero quest because i haven't got all the add-ons yeah but i have got a like full version of the original box of hero quest because yeah. i suppose like many nerds once i sort started earning money as an adult and had some disposable income I wanted to buy the stuff that I sold when I became a teenager and was chasing girls and beer. Um, yeah, so ex- I,
0: buy a second-hand copy of Hero Quest.
1: So I bought a second-hand copy of Hero Quest years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: And it it wasn't cheap, but it was like a fraction of the cost of the new version.
0: Yeah.
1: And and then when the new version came out and people were sort of fawning over and going, "Oh, this is fantastic!" It's like a hundred and fifty quid, I think, um, with Japan. It, I was like, it's just the same game. I was like, "Do I need it, or if I want to play Hero Quest, which I will admit I have never done since I bought the bo since I bought it, do I need the new version to play, or will I get just the same kick of playing it if I ever do decide to play it again out of the original version?" I was like, "Yeah, I am more than happy to stick with the original version, and I'll get you know it is on my to-do list to paint it up because I thought it would be cool to have it all painted up." I was like. That's where I just sort of addition creep and something. I don't, having that one, playing it round. I don't feel like I need to get the new version. If I didn't have it, then I might well buy the new version, but I don't see the need to replace it. And something similar um, is really with the, the new Frostgrave version that's come out. Like, yeah. I really like Frostgrave, but I'm not going, an early, I think it was last year, we had a, the club had a, a Frostgrave weekend where yeah. we all played it, and uh, I think if, uh, if the club does something like that, I will then, and we say, right, we're using Frostgrave version 2, then obviously I'll get the book for that, but in the meantime, if anybody, if I get the itch to play a bit of Frostgrave, I probably already say, does anybody want to play version 1 Frostgrave, because I haven't got the new book, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who won't have the new book yet, or whatever, and we'll just play so that.
0: I won't bother to go and buy the book until after lockdown and i know where i'm going to be playing it i thought well, i don't i don't need it now i don't <laughs> i mean we're locked down at the moment but i don't know when the clubs going to be open again
1: well uh, just but, before we started this call it's i'd I got an email that sort of seems to be saying that uh, pubs are probably going to be closed until christmas at least
0: yeah so, so i thought you know what i'm just going to hold off buying that rule set till i know i'm going to be because it's not going anywhere the no. second edition is not going to sell out. Um, and uh, well, or I'm, I'm sure Joe would love it if it did sell out. And I, I hope it does for him. <laughs> happy nights. Nice Christmas. Um, but it's going to be there to get. And, you know, if I really uh, push, I'm sure I could play the first edition. But, you know, if it turns out that we are going to be down the club, playing it every week for a couple of months, then, yeah, I'm happy to buy the new edition. But um, I've been burnt enough in the past with buying rule sets. I mean, the good thing about rule sets is you don't have to paint them. Yeah. So they're still on the shelf until <laughs> till you need to throw them away when the next edition comes out. Um, so there are loads of rules on the shelf that I have not ever played. I just thought you know, on this one occasion I'm just going to wait, as I have of other things. I'm just going to wait and to see um, if we start playing it at the club. And I, I know people like Magic and so on will, will want to play it at the club and. Um, yeah, they'll have their own edition too, but it, it does sound really interesting, I'm, I'm kind of more interested in Stargrave than I am at Frostgrave 2nd Edition at the moment, I'll be honest.
1: Yeah, I have bought both the add-ons for Oathmark, despite not playing that yet, because that does seem like a game I'm definitely going to play at some point, and I would really like to play a campaign of that at some point. Yeah.
0: Well, that's something I'm doing with my Abyssal Dwarfs. So I want to use those for Oathmark as well as for the um, for the War Dwarf as well.
1: Thank you very much for today's chat, Andy. Thanks.
0: Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Take care, everyone. Just <laughs> say, I have got a notice come up that I've been mentioning Warlord Games' story. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Again? So Warlord Games has made a comment on your... On your I was like, oh, OK. I said you've mentioned the Warlord story. Someone, is it going to be this pikeman on my Instagram? <laughs> I think you can keep that. Keep that as a, you can keep it as a surprise for the end of the episode, and then when it fades <laughs> out, and they only like,
1: come on, you're going to you be on that." You're going to be relocating to Nottingham soon. You're going to be on that. It,
0: it seems so weird to me that the pikemen that weren't that great. I got nearly a hundred likes, for I get normally get like twelve or twenty. Twelve to twenty is like normal. And I got nearly a hundred likes for my pikemen, and get the firelocks I did that were so much nicer. And the Panzer of three that I did, it was so much nicer. Like you know, twelve. And I'm like, why? Yo, how does this work? How does this work? That's uh, the internet now. <laughs>